Hey anime friend, you're listening to the podcast version of this video. If you're a person who loves visuals, I suggest checking out the Anime to YouTube. That's also where you can leave your thoughts on the topics I talk about in this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Peace! If I just mentioned the term good girl, you might already think of a few anime protagonists that fit the bill. A caring to a fault, hopelessly klutzy, sweet girl who can often be self-sacrificing. And because of these traits, they always end up getting the popular or main boy's attention in the end. These character types can come off to many as idealistic and at times annoying. Some even believe that the reason many shoujo series don't get adapted into anime anymore is due to most protagonists of those series being naive girls that are no longer relatable or ideal in today's climate. After all, it's 2023, and independent girls and women who know how to navigate the world are, and are capable of breaking through any glass ceiling are the ideal main characters. Girls want to be empowered, not told to fit the quiet, obedient mold that has been shoved down our throats for generations. And to that point, there are plenty of characters that fit this type in action and fantasy series. But when it comes to series that are meant to reflect real life, like slice of life or drama series, we tend to only get the classic, quiet, caring, good girls, especially in shoujo series. While I think that criticisms can and should be made for many examples of how girls are often portrayed in anime, I think there's an aspect to the good girl dilemma in particular that gets overlooked, something that tends to be forgotten even when talking about just representation and storytelling as a whole. Welcome anime friends, if you're new here, hi my name is Phoenix, and today we'll be deconstructing the good girls often seen in shoujo romance to determine if their existence and persistence in stories is actually as bad as some would argue. Breaking down three anime girls who kind of flip the idea of what a good girl is on its head. Before you begin, there is one rule you must follow, make sure to grab your cup because it's time to spill the anime tea. And if you want a snack to go along with your tea, make sure to use this code that pops up right here and the link in the description and comment to get your own Japanese candy box with snacks straight from Japan. Earlier, I asked you to picture some good girls in anime, and it's a high possibility that you picture some of the girls that I'm going to be breaking down in this video. I mean, they tend to be kind of the quintessential main protagonists of shoujo romance series. And though there are plenty of girls who embody this type of character, I think that these three in particular are a perfect mix of the essence of good girlness, and they do a good job at showing how dynamic the trope of being a good girl can actually be if used correctly. So let's start with the quiet girl who is often mistaken for a ghost, Sawako Kuranuma. This might be the least known series on the list, but arguably still one of the most impactful. In Kimini Tadoke from Me to You, a quiet girl who happens to resemble a popular horror icon of the 2000s tries to make friends but it's not until a boy oblivious to the rumors helps to encourage her to express herself that she finally starts to make true connections. The idea of the good, quiet, submissive girl who is also attractive and learns to overcome misunderstandings and miscommunications through the help of, you know, a nice, beautiful, popular boy is not new to anime. I mean, even if you look at some recent series that came out this year, there's still series that follow this trope. <laughs> In Kimini Todoke, Sawako, aka Sadako, is just another shy girl who seems to get attention because she's quiet and also pretty. Or at least that's what the Netflix drama adaptation would have you believe. But in actuality, if you've read the manga or watched the anime, you would know that Sawako is a humorous, awkward, and relentlessly optimistic character, and that makes each attempt at her communicating both endearing and really encouraging. 
But a key part of understanding Sawako's character is actually in her internal dialogue. If the audience never got into Sawako's head and heard what she was thinking uh, about herself, about others, and how she was processing the world, it might be a lot harder to really relate or understand her. Like another character from another series, which I have famously bashed on, where the main character, titular character, faces a similar struggle as Sawako, arguably, but because we don't understand what's going on in her mind or hear how she is feeling from her own words, it can often feel like she's more of an object to be looked at and thought of as cute rather than a real person with her own struggles. But I digress, I did a whole video on her so you can check that out later. But when it comes to Sawako, you get her story straight from the horse's mouth. Though painstakingly slow and even frustrating at times, Sawako and her attempts to reach others is surprisingly really encouraging. Mainly because it's easy to understand that Sawako's motive is a deep need to have people understand her or for her to understand others. Something I'm sure that many an awkward person can relate to, including myself. Is there anything inherently wrong with portraying an awkward girl who struggles with social cues, trying to understand the complicated world of high school? No, not really. I think it's great, actually. Is it a little idealistic to have the beautiful popular boy give her all the attention because of her awkwardness? Yeah, it is a bit. And again, clearly, it's a popular dynamic because uh, it's in everything. It's in shoujo, it's in seinen, it's even in shonen series. Sawako is every stereotype the good girl is known for, yet she doesn't feel like a character simply made to be a caricature of how girls should behave, unlike in other certain series, which I'll talk about later. And though Sawako doesn't completely subvert the idea of how good girls are portrayed, like I believe the next few examples will, she still proves that having an honest, likable lead provides relatability to all the awkward girls out there just trying to fit in uh, is something that's still really important. Hence why I made a whole video about Sawako and her story and her characters. Continuing with our list of best girls, I mean, <clears throat> good girls, is probably the most recognizable character on this list. Fruitstick Basket is undoubtedly the most popular shoujo romance series, especially in the West. On the surface, Fruits Basket seems to be a simple story about a girl who tries to save a family who happen to all turn into zodiac animals. I mean, there's a lot to discuss about Fruits Basket in general and its reliance on traumatic stories, endless casts of furry characters, and deep lessons about the complexities of familial relationships. But today we're going to be focusing in on arguably the most divisive character in the series, Toru Honda. I say divisive because there seems to be a major division among fans about how likable Toru as a character actually is. Because of her good girl nature, she is often seen as too idealistic, which tends to make people dislike her or see her as too pure, which sometimes makes people want to protect her. But regardless of how you might feel about her, I'm gonna point some things out about her character that are kind of hidden through the series that may make you see her in a different light. If you're not really paying attention to her, it's easy to miss the small aspects of her personality that reveal her own struggles often hidden behind the care she shows towards the Soma family. The truth is, Toru seems to harbor unhappiness with herself and how she acts for almost the entirety of the series. In order to understand why, we need to start with the most traumatic part of all Fruits Basket characters, their childhood. Toru's version of being the good girl, the good child even, is by learning to take on her father's mannerisms at a young age. Even though she really barely knew him, she does so in order to keep her mother happy after his passing. Continuing on with this idea of not wanting to be a burden, Toru tries to go to live on her own so as not to displace her grandfather and her relatives after her mother's passing. And when she does accept Shigeru's offer to live with them, she still offers to cook and clean and, you know, do her part 
to earn her stay while she's there. As she gets to know each of the Somas, she takes the time to hear their stories and be a shoulder to lean on. All of which might make you think she's an idealistic representation of the perfect girl, unable to be replicated in her never-ending acts of kindness. While in actuality, Tora's reasoning for all this actually seems to be pretty selfish. Because hiding underneath her calm, uh, loving exterior is this fear of abandonment and being left alone. Like her father left her and her mother like her mother left her. There's an unspoken fear of not only death, but just being alone that really plagues her existence. Being positive and choosing good is how she seems to cope with the loss and the loneliness. It takes all three seasons of the anime to really understand the complexities of her character, or at least that's what I thought while watching the series. But it makes the ending of the series, which allows Toru herself to choose what she wants for her own happiness, and also have that be the one thing that ultimately helps her achieve her goal that much more satisfying. Most importantly, her characteristics are seen as both a flaw and a strength, which seems to truly capture the nuance of what being good actually means. That's more than just a character's archetype or an ideal for girls to abide by. It can also be a survival tactic and a way of finding your place in a world that often leaves you alone and hopeless. It's an outlook on life that could save you. I can honestly spend days breaking down the geniusness of Fruits Basket and their characters and their trauma and just everything that that show makes me feel, but I have to move on and cover what I consider to be one of the most interesting, dynamic, and kind of underrated protagonists in a really popular series that people actually love. Especially since this particular series has gained more attention in the past few years because of its punk rock femme fatale lead, Nana. And since you know both characters share the same name, I'm going to be calling main character Nana Hachi, uh, which is her nickname, and then you know the punk rock best friend Nana. So, unlike the other characters that I described on this list, Hachi's story seems to be more of a cautionary tale rather than a story of someone who you might initially look up to. The complexities of her character are also revealed through her literary foil, her best friend Nana. Hachi, just like many a shoujo romance lead, is a hopelessly optimistic and naive girl who tries to start a new life in Tokyo. On the way to Tokyo, she sits next to a beautiful rock star who also happens to share the same name, Nana, and they end up becoming fast friends. The tragedy of Hachi's character isn't that she's an orphan or is hopelessly awkward. She's actually neither. It's simply that she happens to be a hopeless romantic. This gets her into situations with men that end up not turning out very well at all. And it's Hachi finding herself in these situations constantly that can be really infuriating to an audience. Just because of the sheer number of times that Hachi makes the same or similar mistakes over and over and over again. Which kind of makes it seem like she never learns her lesson. And ultimately what I believe is what keeps her in the shadow of her punk rock BFF. The point is, the differences between the two girls really highlights Hachi's ineptitudes. While Nana is pursuing her dream, is in a committed relationship, and is self-assured in every aspect of her life, Hachi flounders between relationships and struggles to find out her own path in life. The series itself seems to put Nana on a pedestal as a woman to look up to and aspire to be, a hardworking, confident girl who puts her needs first. Not to say that Nana doesn't have her own struggles to overcome, like dating a famous guitarist and trying to propel her own career without you know, his help, but like I discussed at the beginning of the video, she is an example of a positive view of women that people more want to see. Unlike Toru in Fruits Basket, whose nature can be seen as both a strength and a weakness, Hachi's characteristics are almost entirely a weakness. 
and she doesn't seem to have many strengths at all. Especially because Hachi's weaknesses and mistakes take her to some pretty dark places. Showing how many men in the series use Hachi's naivete and idealism against her, which can be frustrating because again, even when she realizes what's happening and how these men are using her, she still goes along with it. But as we see of her character throughout the series, it's something that she has learned from the many years of dating men, sometimes many years older than her, who don't actually love her. And it's a sad reminder to young girls who may be in similar situations, who lack self-worth and confidence because of the situations they are coerced into, possibly at a young age like Hachi was making them think that they're not worthy unless they give everything they have. It seems like a really honest look at what being the good girl can actually mean, especially the detrimental side of it all. Addressing the dangers of people who prey and rely on good girls' kindness, weakness, obedience, and so on. It's in stories like these that make me realize that if we didn't have the precedent of good girls shown in other you know, stories and even other mediums, as something that is commonplace, we probably wouldn't have gotten a series like this that was able to put both a character that, you know, women have always wanted to be or aspire to be, someone who puts her goals first, is in a great relationship, and, you know, is a confident, beautiful character, um, right, next, right beside a girl who kind of embodies all of these young girls who are in similar situations where they want to be in love and they want to give their all because they've seen this in media, because they've seen it in the other women and people in their lives, and then that ends up backfiring against them. Having these two really different forces in the same series really emphasizes both struggles of both girls. In a way, I've yet to see in any other series, like Ayazawa just knows how to write some really incredibly in-depth characters who feel so honest and realistic. Though I understand why good girls in anime are often not liked, especially when at times it seems validate this ideal that girls have to be quiet, obedient, and all other things in order to be liked. And on a deeper level, especially when specifically for Asian women, it continues to promote the idea of submissiveness often shown of their characters in media which is a whole other deep dive that I don't think I even have the right to do. I think it's important to remember that representation comes in many different forms and can be seen as more of a spectrum rather than a hard division. We can start with the good quiet girls at one end and the loud assertive girls at the other and in between them is a whole slew of various diverse personalities. Even with these two kind of hard endpoints that we see in media, I think still that shoujo series are the ones who are most able to show the complexities of a girl's personalities in a really diverse way, kind of more than any other demographic. But I will say that even some shonen series clearly take a lot of inspiration from shoujo series. Despite how good or bad their representation might be, the good quiet girl who can also kick butt is kind of a main theme amongst you know anime characters. Anyway, despite how much I and others criticize the nature of girls in anime, I think it's also important to point out how diverse the types of characters are in terms of relatability and not in anime and manga seem to be. And this may be because many mangaka, manga creators, often get a chance to tell their own stories through their works. Unfortunately, unlike the mess that's going on with the Writers Guild right now and how streaming services are kind of moving towards these stories that only capture people's attention and watch time rather than investing in writers and creators and unique stories that mean something, 
it seems from an outsider perspective that we are getting more individual stories told through mangaka and manga uh, specifically that seem to be straight from like an individual's own creativity. Though I'm not completely naive to, you know, manga and anime and saying that it's like above, you know, Western storytelling because I don't think that it is. Uh, I mean, also still, even in manga and anime, there are, there are companies behind every story who publish and commercialize it and try to get it pushed out to people. Hence, you know, why we get certain subgenres that are that show up every season that have like several shows about the same subgenre. Like, does no one get tired of this? I don't understand. But anyway, <laughs> but it's the feeling that at the heart of many relatable, especially stories, that we can still like the creators own emotions and own experiences put into their works and their characters. Making many of these stories, especially the slice of life ones, feel deeply personal. Especially since, you know, being a girl is just complicated. No matter what life stage you're at, it's just a complex state of being. <laughs> and having characters and stories that represent that in a multitude of different and diverse ways that are also funny and cute and heartwarming can really be therapeutic at times and help us even understand ourselves even more. And if I could get a little personal, I think these characters in particular helped me understand parts of myself that I really struggled with for a long time. If you haven't noticed, I'm black. If, you, if you're just figuring this out, surprise, you know. But I say that to say that I don't often look for characters who both, you know, look and act like me in anime in particular, because, you know, it's anime, it's Japanese media. Even though they draw white people all the time, I don't usually see good representations of people who look like me. I do often find myself identifying or relating to the good girls of series like the ones I mentioned. They just have an aspect of them that feels so personal to like my own struggles and things that I've had to overcome or think through or do in my life. I've been the awkward quiet girl that has caused people to distance themselves from me, like in Sawako's story. I've forced myself to be the kind quiet girl and try not to cause trouble for my family and friends, like Toru and Fruits Basket, and I've made decisions that kept me from people that I love because I thought it was the right thing to do, and I thought I was being responsible. Like in Hachi's story from Nana. Not to say that any of these aspects are particularly good or right, but they are real. And they're real because they are expressed by real people who have either experienced or know someone who has experienced these types of events. They're made by creators who know the complexities of being good. How do you think of good girls being portrayed in anime and manga in particular, or if you even want to take it outside of that, just in media in general, um, and can you relate do you want to relate or do you not? I wanna give a quick thanks to everyone who participates in my community posts, because I always read through those before I do a video and I try to like add in aspects of what I learned from there. So if you want to like be more part of the videos before they're published, make sure to you know comment on the community posts and be active on there and I will read your videos ahead of time. And if you want to continue the discussion, make sure to leave your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. If you want some authentic Japanese snacks, make sure to check out the link in the, in the description and the pinned comment. And thank you so much for watching. Remember that good girls are valid forms of representation too. And I will see you guys in the next video.